Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 225 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Seep with Jigsaw Facefuck, and uh, even though I just brushed my teeth, I feel like I'm going to have to go do that again after saying and listening to that track. That's off of Hymns to the Gore. comes out July 8th on Extremely Rotten Productions. It is a solo record from a guy named Vomitus, a one-man death doom project. And uh, I wonder what happened to his mamatus because I don't think she would appreciate some of the language used on this CD. Let's see, it's gonna get a it's gonna get a vinyl, a CD, and a digital digital uh, treatment from Extremely Rotten Productions. And uh, Gurgling Gore will uh, release the album on cassette as well. Uh, but here's here's a little bit of the track list: morbidly obese, horrific fetal mutation, gorging on the gut pile, pedophile. 
genitalia removal. Why am I saying words like I don't know how to speak English? That's all right. This doesn't feel like English to me. It feels disgusting. But I think that's the point. Seep, Hymns to the Gore, Extremely Rotten Productions, July 8th. If you would like more information on Seep, please see the show notes for a link to their gettingitout.net band page. If you would like a gettingitout.net band page for you and your band, please reach out. Email me at dan at gettingitout.net and I'll get you all set up, give you a little form to fill out. And this is how you get on gettingitout.net, the the website and the podcast. It all starts there at least. Anyway, on this episode of the podcast, I have Joe Sweat of Sadistic Ritual. He plays drums for the band. They just put out a record called Enigma, The Boundless. It's out now on Prosthetic Records, and they are doing some shows in support of it, of course. But this show is a podcast. So now there's going to be an intro, the real intro. And then we'll get in to my conversation with Joe Sweat of Sadistic Ritual. Stick around. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out Hey, hello everyone, welcome to Getting It Out Podcast, episode 225. We are nine days into June as I record this, which means we are nine days into me panicking that summer is almost over. I do it immediately. As soon as we hit June, I start freaking out that uh, summer's almost over. It's almost done. Even though it just started, time flies when you're having fun, right? Not necessarily that I'm having fun at the moment because I'm still going to work, but I do got a vacation on the horizon, though it's a short one. I got another vacation later in the summer on the horizon. It was, it's not really on the horizon. It's on uh, a couple horizons from now. But uh, looking forward to that, too. I uh, did a couple things recently that I found enjoyable. One of which was taking uh, my wife and my stepdaughter to see the Cavaleras do uh, Sepultura Classics Beneath the Remains and Arise. And they were excellent. Of course they were. But they were late. Not they were. No, I mean, they were on time. But man... We left early, okay? Yes, I admit I left early. I left after they played, uh, what was it? Not not Dead, Dead Embryonic Cells, Desperate Cry. Was after they hit Desperate Cry, I was like, okay, those were the three hits from Arise. I need to go home because it's already 11 o'clock and I am going to fall asleep standing right here onto my face. And we didn't and I managed to drive the 45 minutes home. But man, I can't stay up. I cannot stay up. Last night I was sitting on the couch watching uh, Under the Banner of Heaven with my wife and I was falling asleep hard at like 9.40. And uh, that's normal, all right? I don't get up that early. I get up around 5.45 every day, do a little push-ups, a little sit-ups. It's my, it's my new routine. Uh, make sure I get my 10,000 steps every day. You know, like basic stuff. And I just fall asleep all the time. I don't know what it is. Am I tired? I don't feel tired. That's the thing. I don't ever feel tired. I just fall asleep. It's like I'm going all day, doing whatever I do, and then uh, eventually my body's like, you're done, and I have no control over that. I should take caffeine pills at night, because when I wake up and I'm a little bit tired, I get through it in a few minutes. That's like right now, this morning. I'm recording this in the morning before I head off to work, and uh, I'll be fine today. I'm drinking a cup of coffee right now, but uh, when the 9 o'clock hits tonight, I'm done. Mail it in, baby. And uh, that's why I appreciate when shows are done early. But anyway, I got way off on a tangent there. I really just wanted to say that the Cavalera Brothers were incredible. They did those songs justice. I truly do wish that they could just get the real Sepultura back together and uh, we could see it all intact. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. So it's cool to see it uh, the way we did. Healing Magic and Warbringer also played on that show. And Healing Magic uh, is the Igor Cavalera Jr.'s uh, band. And um, I don't know if you've heard them yet. It's a two-piece, but they were pretty damn cool. The record is out, I think, digitally, but not physically. So look up Healing Magic wherever you can. Check them out. And Warbringer, who I think we're not supposed to like Warbringer. I don't know the story. I believe there's some allegations on someone in the band. I don't know. But man, are they a professional thrash band. Like... How how much tighter can you be when you play music like that? And uh, they killed it. 
Again, I think I'm not supposed to like them. I didn't look it up. Maybe I will right now. Uh, maybe I will right now as in whenever you're hearing this. Imagine me looking it up then. All right. Anyway, go see the Cavaliers if they're coming through. I think they're going to be out west now. Seems like a pretty extensive tour. If you need that information, go to gettingitout.net. I got it up there. But anyway, this episode is not about other people's bands. It's about Sadistic Ritual and their new record, The Enigma Boundless, out now on Prosthetic Records. And Joe Sweat, the drummer, came on to talk to me about that and a few other random things. Of course, like every normal conversation, we're talking drugs and we're talking uh, rock and roll, baby. So uh, let's get into that. But first, I want to play you a track from The Enigma Boundless. It is the lead-off track, End of All Roads, and it rocks. Well, the, I find interesting about sadistic rituals that you guys are at least in your press stuff described as psychedelic thrash, um, mm-hmm. which is not a term. I mean, it's not a ter- it's not a, a combination of terms I think I've ever seen before. What's the idea? Well, that's good. That? Uh, well, I think we were trying to like just kind of first make thrash metal or you know stuff influenced by thrash i don't really want to be pigeonholed into it but you know uh metalheads are going to do whatever they're going to do right it's it's i think it's honestly like a 
a way to describe our kind of blend of thrash metal and black metal and you know elements of like a phaser and also the influence of just psychedelic drugs which is something a lot of people partake in you know so i think it's something that like bridges the mundane like our daily sober life (laughs) and our shitty job and our fucking shit country uh for all the shitty people above us you know yeah um i think that like it's just really a culmination or a statement against just being mundane but uh really trying to bridge the mundane with the fantastic and i think psychedelics kind of do that um a lot of metal too can be very fantastical or out there you know or mainly fantasy and wherever the fuck else so i think that like psychedelics it, it is something that is real you know your mushrooms your lsd or your dmt or whatever uh but they take you to places that are really beyond. And a lot of the times, you know, they're life changing for most people. Um, so I think it's something good to kind of like put out there, you know, and, and writing this record too, was like, you know, um, written under some psychedelics at, at points. So, you know, just wanted to be honest about what was going on. Yeah, no, I well, I, I like it. It's a, it's a refreshing take, and and a lot of it's refreshing about this record. The Enigma Boundless, even even to the artwork and the the, the aesthetic of the band uh, is different for uh, this type of sound, um, at least in some regards. Uh, but you you mentioned like just getting into wh- wh- when do you think or when do you remember first getting into more extreme reaches of music? I mean, just personally, yeah. yeah Joe's great. answer. Um, I see. I like that question. Uh, I think, you know, probably around the ages of like 13, 14, you know, when I got into old school Metallica and Slayer, I think was a defining moment in me wanting to like go further. I also really enjoyed, um, hardcore punk as a teenager, you know, like all the old school shit misfits and bad brains and black flag you know and uh being also hmm i think sepultura was also one of those bands that really pushed me into the more extreme uh places but i think naturally i gravitated more towards you know black metal which i think a lot of people do in the in the scene or in the metal scene just because it really uh has that that bite and that danger that i like you know that rawness to it and uh i don't know it's kind of you know it's just intense but i think like with hardcore punk and stuff like that i always like the real world aspect of like the terror of that so yeah you know um but the really like for punk music and hardcore music like it's good but just being a drummer and a musician i think it kind of just bored me is kind of limited to sure, where yeah, yeah. where I could go. So I think metal really pushed me in that aspect. And I think metal also just still holds that like um just attitude of not giving a fuck and it doesn't give a shit about trends and hipsters and punks and being cool and all that fucking bullshit. So you know, kind of went with that those styles. Well, it's a couple of interesting things there, but of, but I like that you mentioned uh, that you have a little little bit of roots in hardcore punk, which I think which I think is uh, like such a good stepping stone. I mean, so for some people, that's where they stay, right? But it's such a good stepping stone, especially to get people interested in playing music because you like you mentioned, you don't need to be that good. It's just a you can start out doing that, and you know hone your skills a lot of times that led to uh, people getting better and you know we have crossover and thrash and all, all that good shit and uh but then but then you talk about getting into black metal i feel like nobody mm-hmm. gets you can't like you gotta get into some other stuff first before you get into black metal you know what i mean it's not it's not surface level music you're not gonna like people aren't just gonna come across yeah it. well that's why i like it i like the fact that it's like ugly like for a fucking reason and it's like uh I, I just like the attitude i like the attitude of hardcore punk you know like the violent nature and just the no shits given you know but i found that also in 
in a metal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the extremities are there in black metal. I think it's, again, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's very, very influential, especially now, you know? And I think like for a while it was more on like the fringes and people were liking it because it's cool or trendy and, you know, that sucks. But I think generally now, like a lot of people are really into it for the right reasons. So it's good to see it like so popular, you know? Yeah. Do do you remember the first black metal band that you came across? Oh man. Honestly, I think it was Bathory, Blood, Fire, Death, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I had this, I had a, I met this weird fucking kid in high school and uh, he was a total fucking weirdo, but man, he gave me, he gave me a lot of like early shit at a young age, you know? And, and by the way, when I was a kid, you know, I didn't really have like that much access to the internet. Like I got access to music through like magazines and sometimes zines or whatever the, whatever I could get my hands on, you know, definitely like different people. I still get bands from my friends, you know, like that's how I find a lot of my new music. Well, just for context, how old are you? I was 14 years old. No, I'm saying like just, I'm saying for 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 now. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm 32. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like, I got lucky if I could get like some MP3s burned on a CD or whatever from some friends or someone older than me, you know? So it was definitely hard. You had to luck out to find good shit. You know, kids have it so much easier now. Oh yeah. Just I mean, I'm, find I'm whatever, f- just instantly. You I'm know, about, I know I'm you about five years older than you. And, uh, yeah, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not like it used to be, but I, I loved, I loved that. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I ended up with some shitty CDs, uh, but it was still a fun way to do it. You know, you just, yeah. And, I think and, going on, go ahead. sorry, going on to black metal too, before I forget, I think it's like just really the subject matter. I think it's just like, um, at the end of the day, it like resonates with something like deeper, you know, like a metaphysical thing, not just some kind of street level thing or, bullshit fucking political statement you know it's like i don't know it seems to really like fill the deep cracks like the just the i don't know things that aren't easily uh put into words you know and i think that's also what i want to do with sadistic ritual is just describe more abstract um ideas you know Mm -hmm. more abstract feelings things you can't really put in writing or other forms of art do you feel like that puts up maybe a bit of a, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it makes it more difficult, makes you less accessible or do you not mind? Yeah. That? I mean, first, I mean, I don't really mind that. I think that, uh, well, honestly, I, I'm just making this music for myself and I'm not really thinking about whatever the fuck anyone else is going to think. And if you're listening to this politely, fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I don't make music to please people, you know? And again, with, the attitude and everything else it's like i'm doing this for myself and because i love you know i just love the intensity of this music and this lifestyle whatever it's not like just a fucking fashion you know yeah and if you're like easily turned off by you know by intense personalities and bands and whatever like basically if you're just a fucking wussy um like get the fuck out and stay out. You know what I mean? Just be a tourist to metal. Cause like the people that love it and make it don't want your fucking ass around. <laughs> I really appreciate you uh, letting me on your podcast. It's, it's good to spread, you know, the message. It's spread good. The, appreciate the it. Yeah. No, Hey, I, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind one bit, you know, and uh, the uh, it's interesting because I think the, well, everyone wants to be liked. Everyone wants to be liked. Yeah, and that's some yeah. fucking bullshit. 
So Right. Well, and I, here's my thing. I don't mind if there's people that want to be liked, and I don't mind if there's people that don't want to be liked. Like, I'm cool with the being a variety of personalities and uh, of, yes. a variety of people making music for different intentions. That's fucking fine with me. If, if yeah. this hardcore band sounds like they want to get onto the radio, I don't care. I'll probably still listen to that, too. If you want to play a fucking the craziest black metal, I'll check that out as well. You know, I'm up for yeah, it. Yeah. And that's just, to me, that's the fun and the joy. Listen, because just like you said, fuck you. I don't care. I like what I like, <laughs> and, and that's it. And uh, see, doesn't it? It feels good. That's what uh, I want to perpetuate to people is like that to give them that feeling. You know, of course I want, <laughs> of course I want to play people and that to people. I don't want to play people. That sounds fucked up. I want to play to people because it's a fucking rush. And if there's anything I do want to give off that is remotely positive, is just to be yourself. You know, and don't apologize and find your own path. Like whatever it is inside, like stick to it. You know what I mean? Don't fucking be influenced by anyone else. So, well, I, I, and, and that's one of the things, one of the obvious things I think about sadistic ritual is that you guys don't seem to be going down any traditional paths here other than you're doing what you want to do. Um, the, the uh, that alone I've, I've mentioned it to you already once but that alone i can see in the from what the from what the music sounds like to what the cover of the record looks like i would not put these two two things together but you've mentioned or we, we've already talked about the the psychedelic yeah. aspect of the band right um mm-hmm. wh- so but you also mentioned that this band existed before you got in, involved in it was this always the right. direction the band was headed? Was it psychedelia? Psychedelia? I can't say that word. You know what I'm trying to say. Was that always supposed to be part of it? Um, no, I think so. I have I had known Charlie for a long time, and I had played with Sadistic Ritual with some other bands that I was in. We we've been good friends, and um, uh, I joined the band in 2017, and basically i was playing in in like a a bigger rock band like an alternative band something you know like one of the bigger things i've done and i learned a lot of like valuable things just from being a drummer up and you know up to managing stuff and networking and all this other kind of you know stuff mainly just touring and being out on the road but i wanted to take that to sadistic ritual because they have always been such a sick band and I don't know, uh, Charlie was just in a place too. like, we, you know, we figured we want to push it. We we're just feeling good about it. And then our personalities, I think, kind of brought us towards the psychedelic thing. And that's like one of what we wanted to convey or at least, you know, give off with our art. And it might change. That's the thing. Like, we don't feel like we're not going to just make the same thing over and over again. Like, who the fuck wants that? I mean, I'm sure some people do. But again, it's not about them. Yeah. And if you're listening, it's not about you. <laughs> so if you what, like if you, it, what if you, if you specifically wrote a song about that person then it might be about that I know, I'm, I'm trying to write songs about a lot of people in general and just get it out that way you know yeah yeah so, so, well when when was this record <laughs> written and made is this a pandemic record of any kind on it well most of it was written before the pandemic and the uh the collage uh was finished and late january early february of 2020 okay so you've been sitting on this before that shit yeah exactly and there's like we've been sitting on it for a while and you know we shopped it around and and prosthetic signed us and you know there's been a whole you know uh, backlog of people pressing vinyl because the because the pandemic put such a you know backlog on the whole thing but now it's finally out which is great but uh yeah most of it was written before and then we finalized like the lyrics mm-hmm. and like recorded it during the pandemic but we recorded it in april we started in april of uh, 2020 so we had almost all of it written but we did some last minute things and wrote lyrics like in that that time frame but uh what's bizarre is um the whole artwork was a collaboration between this artist named Erica Frevel. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had done a painting for a band called Devil Master, and they're kind of blowing up at the moment. Yeah, I know Devil Master um, from Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Great people. If they hear this, Francis. Um, 
Francis, yes. I uh, I play drums with this band called Cloak. They're also from Atlanta and they're my buddies. So, but I did meet Francis and company and they are quite cool people. But anyway, and we talked about Erica Fremble and I asked them, I was like, is she really as evil as she seems? And they're like, yes, she is. I was like, perfect. So I sent her some music and she got back to me and she said, normally I, I would, I turn down bands and I get offers all the time, but this shit's sick. So I'm in. And she was referring to visionary of death, the, the first LP we uh, released, mm-hmm. but so she came up with the sigil, which is the murmur sigil, the goetic symbol, but she kind of put her own twist on it and made it stagger. And she sent that to us and we had it in our practice space and, you know, kind of as like a little reference point, something to look at when we played. And we also put it over the drums uh, and we would send her demos, right? So we would, she would send us art and we send her demos in hopes that this would some kind of like subconsciously influence one another. Sure. And uh, she painted the artwork for Devil Master, but she does collages that I find absolutely horrific. And I wanted to do that. And she worked with me on that. And we kind of molded this thing. And I really appreciate the process too, because she, you know, would send images back and forth and ask me what she thought. So it really was this collaborative effort between us. Um, I mean, obviously she, is the talent when it comes to putting it all together and I don't want to take anything away, but I just want to, you know, iterate that the goal between us was to try and influence each other and what was happening throughout, like over the months. Right. So, well, it seems like, I mean, it sounds like it was pretty successful in that regard. Yes. I, I, people, you know, lately have been saying, it's just like, it stands out. It's not like anything else, you know, and like you said, you weren't really expecting that. And that's kind of what I wanted because again, it's like a lot of metal is just saturated with just kind of fucking goofy art and just like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, all right, whatever. You know, there's plenty of fucking depressing, horrific shit right outside your door, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, so, uh, you know, it just gets goofy and like, yeah, Thrashnell is fucking goofy as fuck. Like, <laughs> most of it is so fucking silly and just like, I don't know, man. It's fucking goofy. And then you, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you got like just fucking caveman death metal stuff, which, or just, you know, goofy fucking gore and whatever shit that's been played out forever, you know? So I don't know. You get where I'm going with this? I do, of course. Yeah. I'm just, I'm letting you go. I'm letting you go where you, I'm letting yeah, yeah. you take me where you're going. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> you let me go, Dan. I'll go. All right. Easy, and then easy. you'll be like, Joe. Yeah, easy, buddy. <laughs> easy. Well, um, so you, you, well, obviously, we just talked about the psychedelic aspects of this band. Um, so that just makes me to, to gets me to a real simple question: What is your favorite mm-hmm. drug to do while playing sadistic ritual? Okay, I cannot do psychedelics when I play. You can't because when I do, I mean, I could, but I don't necessarily. I won't do it live. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that's what you're asking, I won't yeah, play yeah. live under the influence of psychedelics because sometimes it feels like I have like eight arms and I, I don't want to, I don't want to be thinking about my eight arms while I'm trying to like stay on a click or whatever. But okay. I would say just overall mushrooms because mushrooms and psilocybin, you can really dial in to how far you want to go into your trip mm-hmm. and the level of intensity. <clears throat> Whereas LSD you just get what you get and you fucking hold on, <laughs> which there's something to say about that, you know, but uh, I would say mushrooms because again, it's easier to control, but a little more, a uh, little more mellow, I guess. So, but if I do have to say they both take me to relatively the same place and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because that kind of answers that answers literally one of the questions I had written down for you, which was LSD mm-hmm. or mushrooms. Um, yeah, I would, I would say mushrooms and fuck the government and uh, fuck you if you're too fucking square to like ever experience that in your life because you're that's, missing out. That's me, man. I, I was I was telling this story the other day 
Um, I, I always wanted, well, I, I had plenty of opportunities to do drugs when I was younger and just never did. I just smoked weed and drank, right? That was just my thing. And, uh, yeah. then I, I was living in Baltimore at one period and I was still smoking cigarettes and I like, I wanted to quit smoking, mm-hmm. but it wasn't ever working for me. And I lived across the street from Johns Hopkins hospital and they were doing uh, psilocybin testing or like tests for quitting oh. smoking. So I went over okay. there. And I tried to get into the uh, the trials, like the, the government trials of uh, of uh, whatever, using mushrooms to quit smoking. And they got I, I got kicked out like within like the first the first couple of <laughs> uh, steps, not like for doing anything weird, but because I had had head trauma in the past. And they oh, okay. said they wouldn't let somebody in with uh, I had I had my brain bled in from a street fight. <laughs> so they Jeez, said man. they said because I had a brain injury i couldn't uh i couldn't do the the legal mushrooms but uh i tried you know and now i always talk about i always say it to my wife all the time I was like I, I i i didn't do any drugs I'm, I'm a square uh but um but when i <laughs> when i had uh i had blood incantation on recently and we were talking about uh, yes their yes. their whole thing right and we were talking about their their new Dude, time shout, sorry, shout out to shout to interrupt you i'm yeah, sorry i know it's rude shout out to blood incantation fucking love hidden history of the human race yeah that's great great you ever see those guys tell them i'm a fucking i love that shit you know i really do that's what i'm talking about that's some like next level just fucking out there noise i dig it yeah but here's here's here seems to be the difference between you talking about it and them talking about it. i talked to them about i had the whole band on and they were like really um like uh what's what, what words am i looking for they were just like they made it sound so not fun and just square and nerdy. And uh, that's like, you're making it sound like I should do them right now. Right. And I asked them why my mom should do mushrooms. So I need to ask you, why should my mom do mushrooms? I don't know. Has your mom ever done mushrooms? I, she probably has, but I don't know. Why should she do them now? I don't. I, mean, she, I think she should do them now to listen to our new record and rock the fuck <laughs> out. That's what I think. That's your answer, Dan. I don't think that's gonna work for her. I think she's gonna. I think she's she's not gonna like the music. But but I'll she's try. not gonna like that. Okay. Yeah. How about if she um, if she takes mushrooms, she might find out more about herself and her reality, and maybe dissect the fucking brain fog or whatever is going on in her life or whatever society fucking throws at her. You know, and she'll be that more free of a person there you go see it will be more light you know that's also what, mainly just that's to, what just to laugh and have fun and not give a shit really you know me and some buddies we we saw dancing a week ago and it was fucking awesome and we all you know had some drinks smoked a couple and uh then we ate some mushrooms i had a fucking blast you know what i mean it's not it doesn't it doesn't have to be something where you just sit in a room and try and experiment you know what i mean it doesn't it can be whatever you want but the nice thing about the shrooms is you can you can can control it you know you can kind of you can uh measure how much you're going to take you know you can gauge that which is nice i got i I gotta say i take your word for it because i to this day just just a mild microdose is is like where you want to be at and it's not like you See, that's the thing. People say it's like you freak out and all this other shit. It's all bullshit. All the stuff about acid staying in your brain and you having flashbacks, it's all bullshit. It's all just superstition from the 60s and from your fucking parents, you know what I mean? From cops, you know, like it's all bullshit. When you're in that moment, like you're, you're humble. You're like, wow, this is how it is. Maybe I should like not be so afraid of this, you know? And as someone that does it, you know, I, I don't do it that often, to be honest. You know, it was more when I was younger, in my late teens and early 20s. But um, I don't know. You just got to it, – it's like when I do, I'm still like a little bit – maybe a little bit nervous at first. But, you know, that fear just goes away. It's like so, playing music, right? It's like getting on stage, I'm sure, <laughs> in a different I mean, way. I don't really fear that. No, I, I'm just more about like – I don't know. I don't know. I think like sometimes, you know, uh, maybe I'm not, I don't want to see stuff or maybe I don't want to feel more, but I feel like mushrooms and LSD help with that. makes you more present, makes you more lucid, so to speak, at least for me, I'm just speaking personally. I'm sure. And I hope there's people that this resonates with. 
I'm I'm sure there are. I think most people of any age have all at least experienced, uh, except for myself. I'm the only one who hasn't. Um, but I, no, I, I'm, too late, dude. You're, you're not even. You're not. You're not old at all. You're not. So, oh, I know. I try. I tell all the old then. people that I tell the old people that I'm not old when they could. But uh, all right. So the record's been out for a couple of days. How has it been received from your perception so far? Honestly, it seems like positive. I haven't, I haven't read or seen anything that people are like, fuck this, fuck that band. So that's good. You know what I mean? Again, it's like, uh, I know what it is playing live and it, you know, I'm confident about that. And I know people enjoy it. And I, I think like we were talking about accessibility. I think mm-hmm. too, there's like enough groove in it too which I want as well. You know, I want ample headbanging. I don't want it to be limited to just extreme noise and blast beats all the time, whatever. Um, but it seems to be like, uh, received pretty well. So I, you know, I guess I'm happy about that. You know, I don't, it's not like anybody wants people to think their music sucks, but it's not necessarily like what I'm focused on, you know? Yeah, but it's got to be good um, to put out a record and hear good things. You know what I mean? You don't want to just hear people shitting on it, um, no matter how yeah, much. No, you know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Abso- absolutely not. Like, I honestly, like, I've read some of the reviews and I actually, it honestly just feels good because I just want to get <clears throat> whatever's going on in my head and Charlie as well and whatever the way we see things. Like, we just want to get that out. That's It's really nothing more than that. And if we are able to travel and meet new people and perpetuate this culture, Mm-hmm. you know like been good <clears throat> well i think you got a you got a good thing going with your sound in that it seems to transcend several different metal subgenres right like you're not i don't, I don't think yeah. i don't think with this with with this record you're going to get pigeonholed into any one thing you're not going to be considered like some fucking straight up thrash band or some weird yeah. psychedelic and- thing you do enough of everything that you're going to fit in <laughs> pretty much everywhere yeah uh, the goal wasn't to just, it's not like we wrote music with the idea of like, we're going to stand out. We just wrote music, like being a fan and be, playing in different bands, playing in death metal bands, doom bands, black metal bands. Charlie and I play in a black metal band called Vimir from Atlanta. Um, but see, like, it's not like we're trying, like, that's like our brand, like, oh, we're so different or whatever. It's like, we honestly just wanted to write music and not fucking think about it too hard. You know, like I've been in bands to where it's like you're writing a song, just, you know, trying to make it as catchy or whatever as possible. You want people to like it. Like I've been down that road. It's like, I want to fucking do that. I want to make music that like satisfies me. And I think people will also resonate with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the Atlanta scene, how do you like, what is the Atlanta metal scene? Like I know a lot about the Atlanta hardcore scene, I know a little bit about mm-hmm. the Atlanta metal scene from uh, talking mm-hmm. to uh, Kyle from Tomarum, but um, but not a whole lot. You seem to be pretty well immersed. What's it like down there? Uh, honestly, like it has a pretty decent metal scene. I will say that. Uh, as far as people coming to shows, always it's never been like lackluster there. If the band's good, the people will come. You know what I mean? Like especially like. It, like going to Danzig, you know what I mean? It was a huge venue, fucking packed out. It's like, you know, it's at least like, I don't know. It, it seemed like at least 2,000 people, 3,000 people like packed out in that place. Maybe more, I'm not even sure. But like, uh, as far as bands though, bands, it seems to be kind of like waves. Like uh, I in 2000, I think between the years 2009 and 2014, 15, like Atlanta had a really like boom and metal and like punk and everything else but especially in metal um so that was kind of like a big jump and i feel like now it's kind of like coming back around again especially with covid over but um i feel like maybe between like 2015 to you know like 2021 i feel like it died a little bit as far as bands doing stuff from atlanta like cloak really was like carrying the torch with that one and Vimir as well. Uh, but I think again, everything's like coming around more because, you know, we have 
there's another band from Atlanta called Degradations, and they're blowing up. They just played with Down uh, the other night. Um, and, of course, Order of the Owl. I used to play in Order of the Owl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. There's always been bands, and there's been a few bands that kept playing, but that, you know, it just goes up and down. The fans are always there, or and, like, people, the crowd is always there and will be there, but, you know, the bands go up and down. That's just how it is. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how it is with a lot of cities. Yeah, it's, that's the same same everywhere. But, but um, I, I do say it's good, and Atlanta has a big hardcore scene, and I would honestly like to tap into that because I think a lot of uh, people from that scene, or at least some of them, would like sadistic ritual because of the thrash elements and stuff. So, yeah, and I, that's I, also I something can, I would like to play too. I can you tell know? you right now for sure that the, the hardcore scene has never been more open to other sounds and and metal in particular like it yes. is there's there are a lot of death metal is huge in in hardcore right now yes, you, yes. you can't, can't tell the difference half the time you know right well and, they're uh, so influenced by each other you know right, what i mean right so i don't see why sadistic ritual can't slip in there too you know <laughs> the some of the exactly. so, I mean, some of the biggest good. bands the biggest like well, power trip was came out of the hardcore scene right and that's a exactly. essentially a crossover you know act with yeah li- Atlanta down there, you guys got uh, one of my favorites, Living in Fear, um, who's who's a great you know crossover act. Like there, you got you got you got plenty of stuff down there. That's awesome. The, how important? We talked a little bit about the visuals for Sadistic Ritual, but how important mm-hmm. is are the visuals? Like, is do you how much do you want to present that side? Is it equally important? Is it just part of it? I I think it's just part of it. I think it's I think it's important. You know, like. Uh because me personally you know like i don't the whole like standing in front of the camera and posing or playing along to like you know music videos where like playing your guitar and it's not fucking plugged in or whatever it's like that kind of shit like just i don't want to do stuff like that i want to like kind of say more again it's like how do i express myself or like the deeper emotions or aspects of myself and everyone else in the band like how do we get those things across instead of just like i don't know um just trying to look cool or whatever the fuck you know i i think that the i think that this band is very instrumentally driven and uh i would definitely like to experiment more with like being more vocally driven or just having more vocals throughout the song you know yeah um not to take away anything from the instruments, keep them ripping, but, you know, give something a little more, um, latchable as far as like vocals, you know, something to really like chant along to. So I think that's something that, you know, it's like a goal for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. Well, this was, was this produced by your guitar player, Alex? Yes, it was. Alex Parr is the wizard. And how, uh, he how do you guys handle guitar solos or how does he handle you guys how does that dynamic work having I, I think you need to go i think you need to go with uh option b uh from that <laughs> statement how does he handle us yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> no alex is great when we get along and um we're just honestly we're so lucky to have an engineer as a guitar player um because it allows us to like take time in the studio it doesn't feel rushed and we can really make weird shit happen too. Um, I don't know. And and for this record, you know, like we sat around together as a band and mixed the record and got the levels to where we wanted them to be. You know, so uh, that's just a to me, it's a privilege. Um, Arthur Risk, if I'm pronouncing that right. I was gonna. I was uh, glad you said it, so I didn't have to. I just want to say that that guy is the man because he like the bands he plays in at, like first off he's he was playing an hour 13 at one point and i love hour 13 and he is playing in an eternal champion now mm-hmm. and i fucking love eternal champion and like everything the bands he's worked with and you know work he's done and like you know it was just cool to have him master the record so i think he's nice also in cold world top. by the way i gotta put that in there I know he's in Wilkes Bear Hardcore. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's he's all over the place. The dude rips. Hopefully, I run into him one of these days. Yeah, that's so a, I, I mean, like, I, dude, thank you for mastering my record. And he'll be like, "Who are you?" 
Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I saw his name on this and I thought that's a fucking name. That's a name everybody wants on their record uh, these days. Was there, was Dude, there, by was the there, way, yeah, go ahead. Leeway to him? No, I don't think anyone knew him. I, I we're just lucky. Same with Erica Frevel. We're like, hey, will you do this first? She was the first choice for artwork and she said yes. Arthur was the first choice for mastering and he said yes. So we just got fucking lucky. That's what we did. We got lucky on those two things. And I'm very humble or humble to have them like, you know, be a part of this. What was the most notable, noticeable change in the mix or the mastering or whatever you would whatever you would say in the sound of the record when you got it back from Arthur? I don't, it has this like, I don't know how to describe it. It has this like kind of nice, like gritty, layer to it i don't know he makes he made it seem a little more like old school and that's what i like like more booming and less like a little less polished yeah maybe like i don't know it just it, it was basically the way i see it as a as like an icing or something you know what i mean it's like a layer that it, it fucking needed but it didn't lose any of the boom that's so. that's a nice way to put it because i think a lot of people don't know what mastering is yeah, you know, like I, I mean, like engineering and producing makes sense, uh, mixing makes sense, but a f- but mastering I think is lost on a lot of people that I think a lot of people fake it and pretend they know what mastering even is. There's a, a lot of there's a lot of like uh, weird sounds going and like effects, and he just like I don't know, he like made that more. I think you know what I mean, so. He, he just like enhanced it and honestly i'm just a fan of his work so it's like it's just uh it's cool to have him on the record or at least have his name you know yeah like yeah him just being a part of it and being just generally nice and there was nothing to complain about you know he's a pro <laughs> well you got arthur's name on there you managed to get on prosthetic records which is the record label that i've come to love i mean going back years and years but now i would I talk about this every time I talk to somebody from prosthetic on prosthetic because I love the variety in the label. I love the way they stand for what they stand for. And they're not afraid to like say, ah, we're, we're, (laughs) we are this, you know? And, and I think that's unique for uh, a lot of labels out there, especially in the extreme music world where they want to try to kind of accommodate and uh, assimilate and blend in where prosthetic kind of says, well, we just do whatever we want. And, and I appreciate that. How did you end up with them? How do we end up? Um, Alex Para, our uh, guitar player, plays in a band called Paladin, and they're on Prosthetic oh, right. Records. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Steve Joe, um, who rules, uh, he got a hold of Enigma Boundless, and him and EJ really liked it, and like, you know, reached out to us. And it's cool because they just let us be the maniacs that we are and they don't try and change anything. They're like, okay, you know, we're all bored with this and we're just like screaming at people and saying, fuck you over interviews and talking about doing drugs. And, you know, they're really just, they're just letting us do it. Maybe they haven't figured it out yet. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but you know what? God damn it. It's working. Yeah, those guys know what they're doing. They put enough giant bands out there. They know what they're doing. And Yeah, thanks guys. We appreciate it. (laughs) really do <laughs> all right well joe last one um now sure. that the record is out and it's kind of mm-hmm. a pre-record release question but i'll ask you the same a different kind of way now that it's been sure. released what was the what were you most looking forward to with the release of this record and did it pay off hmm. i think what i was looking for was just like a broader like push you know mm-hmm. what i mean instead of just continuing to do like kind of underground stuff like basically just get it on a um broader platform you know like try and reach more people i feel like it's this has reached more people than what we'd previously done you know yeah so i think that's where i'm at and also i am kind of humble because i think people actually like it it's not just some kind of fucking nah man i know, wouldn't i wouldn't have you on about it. Like it. <laughs> you I, I'm, in, I'm just i'm just humbled i'm interested to see what what like people think about it and it's it's just nice to like again get abstract thoughts out and and see what people have to say
There are some tasty, tasty riffs on that beast. That was Murmur from Sadistic Ritual, of course, off of the Enigma Boundless, which, again, is out now on Prosthetic Records, who continues to put out so many solid records that it's literally hard for me to keep up. Uh, one of my favorite record labels out there, and that is uh, shown by example with who I have on this podcast, I guess you could say. I want to thank Joe again for coming on to have a chat with me, and I want to once again encourage you to go check them out if they're coming to your area. All right. Now, I also want to encourage you to go to Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast and follow getting it out podcast there. I want you to go to gettingitout.net on whatever browser you choose. There is a lot going on there right now, and it's only going to increase over the next few weeks. So please go bookmark it, visit it often, make it a daily stop as you look through your internet. All right. Speaking of of gettingitout.net. This following band has a page on the website. This is Liminal Shroud, a Canadian black metal trio that has a record coming out on Willow Tip August 5th. It's called All Virtues Ablaze. The song I'm going to play for you now is called Hypoxic, and it's streaming everywhere, especially on the YouTubes. So go check it out. And uh, well, first, listen right here. And thank you for listening each and every week to Getting It Out podcast. Enjoy the track by Liminal Shroud, Hypoxic. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 